1: Hello everyone, welcome back to A Better HR Business. Ben here, and I've got something really interesting for you today. I'm joined by business mindset coach extraordinaire, Nina Cook. Nina is a coach for business owners who have internal blocks around growing their business. So, hi Nina, thanks very much for joining me today.
2: Oh, it's a pleasure to be here.
1: And where are you calling in from?
2: I'm calling from England. I live just south of Cambridge.
1: Oh, lovely being there, beautiful spot, beautiful part of the world. Nina, thank you very much for joining me today. Why don't we start by you sharing a little bit about your background and what led you up to the forming your own business?
2: Well, I worked in corporate life for many years. I worked for an American company called Time Life Books, and I left there when I was pregnant with my first child, and that took some years out to have my babies, and um, I decided I didn't want to go back to work, and I wanted to set up my own business. You know, the internet was here, and people were running their own business from home. I thought... This looks really good fun, you know, so flexibility and freedom and all the rest of it, be my own boss. And I started a company is a personal shopping, personal shopping company. Now I'm not a personal shopper, but what I did is um, I started hiring personal shoppers and makeup artists to go out and do the work with the client. And my job was to do all the sales and marketing. Brilliant. And I, The one thing I was good at was saying yes. So someone asked me if a client said, well, do you do this in Manchester? I would say yes. And I would figure out how to find a personal shopper in Manchester. So very quickly, my business grew and it became a nationwide business. (laughs) And I started working with corporates, you know, I worked for Goldman Sachs and, um, you know, some big names. And the funny thing is, although it grew pretty quickly and it was, you know, fairly successful business... I had no confidence, I had no self-belief in myself. And I hid, I hid behind my computer and I didn't do any networking, I didn't do any videos, I didn't do any blog posts, anything like that because I felt like a complete fraud because I wasn't a personal shopper myself. And I thought, well, people will find out that actually I don't know what I'm talking about and I don't know what I'm doing. And therefore I kept myself hidden away. And I know you have children. And when you have children, they—you I just watched them and they had this lovely self-confidence. <laughs> they were fearless. They'd take risks. They'd, you know, they'd fall over. They'd get up and do something. And they would f- instantly forget their so-called, what they'd failed at. It'd be gone from their mind and they would just be fresh into their next adventure. Yeah. And watching my children, I just thought, I want some of that self-confidence. I don't want to be faking it anymore. I don't want to be pretending and putting on these different masks and trying to please people and wanting people to like me and bending over backwards to try and say the right thing that they'll like me. I don't want to do this anymore. And I want to be a role model for my children and feel good within myself and feel that, you know, I am good enough. And so I started uh, really intensively doing personal development work. I'd always been interested in it. I was all about book, books, you know, Louise Hay and um, Susan mm. Jeffers when they first came out in the market and Deepak Chopra. I was really interested in all of that, yeah. but I started signing up for courses and I did trainings. I, I, I did some right. training in NLP and I became a practitioner in NLP and hypnotherapy because it helped me temporarily it helped me to a certain extent and I thought oh I can do this work with other people and but what I realized was it wasn't giving me lasting results they were just temporary and then I go back to feeling I wasn't good enough or I wasn't worthy and eventually a friend she sent me an email and she said you're into this stuff you know limiting beliefs you might find this interesting and I looked at the email and it had a new way of eliminating limiting beliefs. And I ended up coaching with this um, with this guy who'd created this uh, this technique. And I ended up taking all of his trainings. And when I first started coaching with him, I was very cynical. I thought, nothing's ever going to change about me. I'm stuck with this. This is how I am. I'm always going to feel there's something wrong with me. I need fixing. And when we started eliminating my beliefs, I gradually started, It started dawning on me that I'm doing things I never did before. I I was making videos. I was reaching out to people. I was doing webinars. I was starting to become much more public about who I was. And I had to admit to myself that things were changing for me and that actually I was starting to perceive myself in a completely different way I stopped being scared I stopped being worried about what people thought about me and I started thinking it's okay to put myself out there it feels safe to do that and it's okay for people not to want my services that doesn't feel scary anymore and it was just like I don't know it felt like my vision expanded and I was able to do more and expect more than I'd ever done before it was like the limits were falling away from me and I started working with entrepreneurs who I knew they had so many limits they place on themselves which are just made up thoughts it's just stories we create and then we act them out as if they're real and true and that's why I started working with them because I wanted them to get tangible results in their business and realize that they could raise their expectations about what was possible for them and then start taking the action to start bringing that into uh, their reality.
1: Nice. You mentioned limiting beliefs. For people who have not heard that term before, can you explain in a little more detail what that actually means? And some people may think, oh, it's just not a thing at all. So. How does that apply to people in their business work?
2: That's a really great question. And there are so many different interpretations of what of limiting beliefs. are. My interpretation of a limiting belief is it's just a thought. Now, we have tens of thousands of thoughts every day. And most of the thoughts we don't pay much attention to. And they're just like clouds that float across the sky. And they just, you know, they come and they go. But there are certain thoughts that we grab hold of and we give them a lot of energy, and we give them a lot of focus, and then we start believing they're true about us. And then when we start thinking they're true about us, we look for all the evidence that supports that thought. So for example, an entrepreneur may think, well, I can't earn any more than X amount. That's my limit. That's all I can earn. That's all I can expect to earn. And then they'll have all this evidence that supports that that thought. And then they will run their business with that limit in mind so if there is an opportunity that comes up for them where they can raise their game or step up fear may stop them from saying yes to the opportunity because they have this limiting picture of themselves and what they can achieve
1: definitely that makes sense i'm just recalling a quadrant of competence and consciousness so there's unconsciously incompetent and unconsciously competent and the combinations. For people who would be in the unconscious incompetence section, i.e. I'm not aware that I'm not very good at this. That's the framework. Many people would not be aware that they have limiting beliefs. So you can't work on limiting beliefs if you're not aware of them. How do you get around that quandary?
2: Yeah, that's that's a tricky one. So if you're not aware of your thinking, but you just have to keep repeating these same patterns of limiting behavior, it can be quite difficult to spot them yourself. One way of doing that is to just sit down quietly and think about an activity that you're not doing, that you're resisting doing and just be aware of your thinking about it and you can write down your thoughts and as you write down your thoughts you can start picking out your limiting thoughts that you believe are true about you that are stopping you from taking that particular action an example might be that you you know that you need to connect with someone because they may be a potential client or they may be a good person to connect with who may be able to refer you or you can collaborate with that person whatever it is and you're not reaching out to that person for whatever reason. So your thinking may go along the lines of, I'm not important enough to talk to them. They won't be interested in anything I have to say. I won't find the right words. Uh, if they say no, that's going to feel really terrible. So it's all of these are limiting beliefs. You know, these beliefs like rejection is scary. What I have to say isn't important. Or people aren't interested in hearing from me. I'm not good enough. So these are all limiting beliefs. Once you're aware, because the first step is awareness, once you're aware that you're making these stories up through your thinking and they're not real and they're not true about you. Well, how do I know they're not real and they're not true? It's because the essence of who we are is that we are absolutely enough. We have everything we need, all the resources within us to be able to create what we want in this life. And this isn't being um, woo-woo and this isn't being, you know, unrealistic. Because if you think about where you are right now (laughs) and the results you're getting, you've created them through your thinking, literally. So you can actually change that and start creating different thoughts. And we, we sometimes think that well this is just how it is and these are just the thoughts I think and I can't really do anything about it they just pop into my head but actually if we were to look at the bigger picture we can see that we are not our thoughts we are creating our thoughts we are the creator of our thoughts we are something on a much bigger higher level and if we can create our thoughts which are creating our life that makes us immensely powerful And we don't just have to be stuck with the thoughts that come into our head. We can start deliberately and intentionally creating the thoughts that will bring us to our goals. So whether that's working with a particular type of client, whether that's um, charging a particular price, running a particular type of business, whatever it is, Hmm. look at the end result and then work back from the end result to what sort of thinking do I need, what do I want to have in order to reach my goals And once you realize that you're creating your thinking moment by moment, which we are, that's the truth, isn't it? Because Mm. if we're not creating our thinking, then what is? Then we can start picking and choosing the thoughts that work for us.
1: Yeah. Can I take it to a specific scenario? And I know nothing can ever go wrong when you generalize thousands of thousands of people into one little scenario, but many consultants in the HR world, they've, got wonderful skills and experience from the corporate world just as you had uh, and then they go out into business for themselves and they need to sell so they're going in they've got their services lined up and arranged they go in to meet potential clients so employers or the hr director in a in a company and they then need to sell their services and many people find that very frightening uh, and where do limiting beliefs come into play in that scenario
2: that's a really interesting one because this is something I think most entrepreneurs struggle with when you're working in a corporate environment and often you're, you know, the business is there, you'd have to go out and get it. Or if you are selling that company service, then it feels that you're selling the company service. You're not selling yourself. And then when you start your own business, we can suddenly click into, oh, well, I'm selling myself. Yes. And if someone says no to me, that means they're rejecting me and who I am. And that's really painful. And we'll do anything we can to avoid pain. So for me, what I found really helpful was when I started realising, actually, I'm not selling myself. On any sales conversation, what I'm doing is I am talking to that person to see if we're a good fit to work together and what I'm putting on the table is just not my service but also all my years of expertise all the experience I have all the years of training that I've invested in financially and with my time that's what I'm putting on the table and therefore my value is immense because I know how I can help that person to solve their problem If they decide with their unique thinking, because everyone's a unique thinker, if they decide with their unique thinking that they don't want to work with me, they're not rejecting me and who I am, because no one can do that in this world. I don't give permission for anyone to reject me and who I am. They're just saying no, that they don't need my service right now. So if I take it back to the truth, the truth is that person has said no to working with me. That's all that's happened. Now, what we tend to do is we go to one step further. We say, well, that person said no to working with me. That means I'm not good enough. That means that I don't have anything valuable. That means that person thinks I can't help them. That means that uh, I'm never going to make this work. So what we do is that we create a meaning, a thought in our head, and then we stick our meaning to that event when the prospect said no Mm. and then we make a big mistake we we think that our meaning that we've made up in our head is as real and true as the event itself Mm. and that's when we buy into that meaning that you know I'm never going to get this to work that um, people will never pay me what I want and all this stuff and that's what messes up our thinking and stops us from having clarity and focus and then taking action in our business because we're so bogged down with all these stories that we're making up about why people aren't going to work with us. Yeah.
1: I love that line. I do not give permission to anyone to reject me. That's uh, quite a powerful mantra.
2: And it's true, isn't it? Because no one can reject us. I mean, what does rejecting mean? If someone were to say they, doesn't, they don't want to work with me, that's absolutely okay because that's a decision I've come to with their thinking. Mm. And everyone's, entitled to their thinking but i don't have to take it on as a meaning about me and who i am and if you think about it we spend so much time on these you know thinking about our i keep the stories that we make up about ourselves that you know we that we can't do this that and the other because they are stories they're not real and they're not true we spend so much time thinking about them if we were to just get rid of all of that unproductive thinking then just imagine what it would free us up to think about what we could create, what we could focus on, the type of action we can take, you know, whether it's reaching out to people, um, putting in sales calls, doing marketing, the amount of headspace would free up to actually work on our business.
1: Absolutely. Do you know, to, to give you an HR example of that, I was on the client side in a big, important bidding process for a really large piece of work in a, Big, big, company, came down to two companies pitching. There was one that was probably the best for the work, specialists in a particular topic, all this sort of thing. They didn't get the project and I can imagine them going back to the office when they found that out, being quite down about it and disheartened thinking maybe we didn't do the presentation at our best level or whatever and really second-guessing themselves. In fact, the real reason was they weren't expensive enough. They didn't have the big brand name that the winning firm did and you know, it's the whole no one ever gets fired for buying IBM line that they used to say that was the case in that scenario but they would have applied thinking and beliefs to the reasoning behind it. So to say to themselves, I did not give permission to anyone to reject me would help them in that situation it doesn't make it any easier but still it's not about them it's about unique situations unique thinking for every
2: person yeah and that's so interesting what you said about that because they will have gone back and they'll be making up all this stuff they'll be second guessing they'll be assuming all this stuff you know we didn't get picked with this that and the other yeah and again that's complete waste of their thinking because they could be thinking about their next pitch and you know really putting into that so In that situation, it would have been great if they come back to you and said, why did we get it? Because then they would have something they could work on, they can learn from moving forward. We make up, we we spend a lot of time mind reading why people, people think about us, why they don't want to work with us. And it's just a waste of headspace. It's, and memories are really great. Their use is, the benefit of a memory is that we can learn from it. But memories aren't there to give us meanings about ourselves. That's the stuff that we make up and then we stick on the memory. Memories are neutral. Yes, that's true. It happened. What can I learn from it in order to move on? And that's it. That's how we should treat memories. Absolutely.
1: So if I take, for instance, we've talked about a a business that they weren't charging an elf and they didn't win a particular project. But if we move to the money mindset side of things, I know when HR people, they go from the corporate world, they go to set up their own consulting business. And typically what they do is take their former salary, divide it up into an hourly rate, maybe stick on some taxes and admin time to beef it up slightly. And then that's their charge out rate. Sometimes think that money mindset could come into play. What's your advice for people who are Trying to work out their value in the marketplace and how they might present their pricing and, and value.
2: Yeah, that's a, this is a really important part of running our own business. Uh, what we charge, because obviously this has a huge impact in our lives. It's really easy to um, you know get, when you transition from the corporate world to running your own business to you know apply what you did there to what you're going to do now in terms of charging. That is. That is, that is one way of doing it. That's one way of fixing your costs. But you may find that this isn't working for you. It's all about looking at the problem you're going to solve for your client and what that is worth to them. Now, you've probably heard this millions of times, but it's absolutely true. And I find from my own example is when I first started working in personal development, I used to charge an hourly rate and then you know the client would book in i don't know five six sessions with me and then i worked with a business coach and he said why why are you doing it this way because at the end of every session you have to book your next appointment take payment and all the rest of it he said why don't you just package up your service and then tell them it's going to take you know 12 months to get the result that they want and this is the investment and I thought, oh, okay, because I've cleared a lot of limiting beliefs around money. I said, okay, let's try it this way. And I tried it. And I, the next call I had, I said, you know, this is how long it's going to take for us to, you know, be able to um, work through all these challenges, et cetera. And, um, you know, this is my package. And he said, Okay. And I, I tell you, I nearly fell off my chair. <laughs> I thought, oh, my goodness me, this stuff works. Yeah. Because it's easier for the client and it's easier for me. We sort out the money at the beginning. They're committed to the long-term, big, big result, which I know I can help them to get. And it just clears – all of that stuff is dealt with. And that, that what we do now is we work together to help them to get to their goals. And it was just – it was such a big wow for me now since i've started doing that i put up my prices several times because i can see the return on investment that my clients get working with me and this is the same for your audience as well the impact that they can bring into this a client's life what changes they can help them to make how can they make their lives easier That is the value they're bringing. And as I said earlier in the call, they're also bringing all of their training and expertise and experience into that call as well. So when you think about that, that's priceless. Now we have an assumption that people are looking for the cheapest. (laughs) Therefore, if we're cheaper, then we're more likely to get the work. But you've just given us a great example of when the cheapest didn't get the work, the more expensive company got the work. So, Again, don't mind read, but stand in our value and know that you are the expert. You are not an amateur. You're not a fake. You're not a fraud. You've been doing this brilliantly for several years. Everyone on this call is an expert at what they do. That is what they're bringing to the client, their expertise of handling that problem, taking care of it so their client can work on other stuff. I really like that. When
1: people are in the corporate world. They've got their nine o'clock leadership meeting. They've got an afternoon packed full of uh, interviews for, for new team members. They've got training sessions. They're meeting vendors, all sorts of things. When they move into an independent consulting role, they're in an empty office. The phone's not ringing. They pitch for work. Some work they get. Sometimes they miss out on stuff and they can get down. What's your advice for people when they're in that low point Uh, and what they could do and how can they approach that
2: yeah uh, having your own business is a real roller coaster isn't it (laughs) we have our ups we have our downs (laughs) and you know when we have our downs it can set us back for days if not weeks i think a helpful thing could be just looking at the big picture and knowing that there are going to be good times and there are going to be difficult times there are going to be challenges and setbacks that's not what's important is how you deal with that stuff that's really important. Is the thinking you bring to it because that's the perception, the reality you're creating. Now, resilience is a really, really big part of being an entrepreneur, having your own business, because the resilience will see you through the times when things aren't going well. So if you're sitting there and you maybe haven't got any appointments booked in and you know, you've got a bit of an empty diary, that's the time when you can think, okay, I'm not going to feel sorry for myself. I know this is part of setting up. What action can I take? What's the fastest, best action I can take to get me a client? Mm. And if you get rid of your stories, you know, any sort of poor me thinking, and this is scary, if you make a, a conscious decision to move that thinking away because it's not fruitful, it's not going to help you, And then focus on what you can do that's going to get you a client. What's the one action you can take that's going to help you to get there? Then put your focus into that. And when you start getting into action, automatically, you know, we start getting more energetic. We start feeling more exciting. We start more excitement. We start feeling there's opportunities and possibilities. And do something scary. Reach out to that person that you think may be able to help you. And, you know, pick up the phone and speak to people. Whatever it will is the best direct action to get you a client. We can kid ourselves that we're busy. We can be busy, you know, fiddling around with our website or, you know, making something look prettier, whatever it is. But is that action actually going to lead you to a client? So it's just sometimes that, you know, rolling up your sleeves and just saying, OK, I want this business to work and I'm going to do what it takes. Even though it feels a bit scary, it stretches my comfort zone, Mm. I'm going to learn from it. And it's okay if someone says no. I was talking to um, a really successful business coach and I was asking her, okay, so what's the big difference for you between people who are very successful and people who aren't so successful? And she said one thing. The one thing is that more successful people talk to more people. Right. And they get more no's. And they're okay with the no's. And that's, that, and I just thought that is so true because yeah. we have to have conversations in order to get clients.
1: That's a common principle in sales, actually. So if you know your conversion numbers, so I have to have 10 meetings to get two new clients. So if I have eight rejections, that means I'm getting closer to my two yeses. It's a simplistic way, but um, yeah, no, no can be having more conversations is very, Simple, very powerful way to, to make progress, yeah.
2: And also, you know, we can be very lonely as entrepreneurs. So when you're having conversations, you're talking to people, you're building a network. I've got some great um, business buddies online who I talk to our ideas around, you know, when, when there's a setback, I can talk to them or whatever it is. And, you know, we're there for each other. And I think that's a really nice thing to create because we don't have to do it on our own. There's so much help out there from people who want to help and you know just take you through the tougher times and that's another thing i would say don't try and figure it all out on your own you know do reach out and talk to people as well and build a nice community around you
1: definitely My final question is around the whole new decade, new attitudes, all this sort of thing. What's your advice to people who at the start of the decade said, right, this is going to be an amazing year, amazing decade, let's take action. How should they reinforce that or ensure that they maintain any momentum they got from the beginning of that decade?
2: Yeah, I think that's a really important thing because it's easy to lose momentum. The easiest way that I've found to maintain momentum is to deal with the limiting beliefs move them out the way get rid of them it doesn't matter how you do it it may be through reading it may be through listening to stuff it may be you know working with someone it doesn't really matter as long as you're aware that your thinking is the only thing that's causing your feelings it's not coming from the outside world it's not coming from an empty diary it's not coming from someone saying no it's not coming from the outside world. It's all coming from the thoughts you are creating about what is going on out there. So it's an inside job. It's the best news I can give because we can't change other people. We can't make them do things, but we can become aware of our own thinking and we can start throwing out the thinking that doesn't work for us and start intentionally creating the thinking that's going to make us feel good it's going to make us feel happy it's going to make us feel excited and that's going to make us take action taking action as an entrepreneur is is everything the mindset is what makes you take action or it can stop you from taking action so sort out the mindset first being an entrepreneur is a, is a is the most problem, the most challenging things we can do yeah and the mindset is the core of it i'm not just saying that because this is what i work on Mm. i've interviewed so many people on my podcast (laughs) really successful people and they're not mindset experts hardly any of them and they've all said that their shifts in their mindset is what has enabled them to scale their business they would not been able to do it without that because at the end of the day the bigger the action you take the more risks you're taking the more failures you're going to get and also the more successes you're going to get. So just doing little things where you're just fiddling around the edges isn't going to get you what you want. So it's like it is taking bigger action in your business, older action that will get you the big results that you want.
1: And I imagine that that process continues right through life because what got you to one place will not necessarily get you to the next stage of business and or life.
2: Absolutely. And absolutely. You know, when we come up against a wall of resistance it can feel insurmountable but actually that wall of resistance has just been created by illusion of our thinking <laughs> <laughs> it's not real it's not a solid wall and we can change our mind with our next thought that's why i'm saying our thoughts aren't real and true because if you can change your mind with your next thought then that previous thought was never real and true. It's how you're showing up in your business. That's what it's all about. And the way that you show up is by the thoughts you're currently thinking in that moment. And people pick this up on a really deep subliminal level. If you're not confident, if you don't have the self belief, if you don't believe in your value, if you don't believe in what you're quoting them, they pick that up. And so, you know, really um, become aware of your thinking realize it's not real it's not true about you and that you can pick and choose incredible thoughts which are the truth about you because we have everything we need we really do we don't need to find it from the outside world we don't need other people to validate us we have it within us so just connect into that and just you know and go for it (laughs)
1: Definitely. I love it. Nina, this has been really interesting. And I think people have got some really powerful ideas to take away and absorb and think about. If people want to learn more about you or work with you, what should they do next?
2: Well, the easiest thing is to send me an email. It's nina at ninacook.co.uk and we can set up a time to talk or visit my website, nina Cook co and I've got a free gift you can download which is how to uh, smash through your income glass ceiling so you can earn more and but you know just reach out nice. to me and um, I mean you know, I love hearing from people
1: definitely if you're listening to this on the go I'll put the email address and the website into the show notes but there is uh, an e on the end of cook so Nina cook with an e Nina thank you very much for taking time out to share your ideas with us today really appreciate yeah. it